Hi, and welcome to the Killer Family Business Podcast, where we help you to build a killer family business without killing your family. On this show, I interview current generation and next generation entrepreneurs and family business owners, as well as experts and thought leaders who can help us to scale through the generations. This podcast is brought to you by Successful Succession, where we help family businesses with their succession planning. We work with current and next generation entrepreneurs to lead their businesses with advice, training and coaching. This podcast is for people who are in a family business, who are thinking of developing their business into a family business, and for people who are interested in taking over a family business. In this episode, I chat with Anna Maria from Cobalt Music in Greece about her family business journey, starting with her grandfather selling the family business and then her buying it back years later. So Anna Maria, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I know you have, uh, you and I have talked a few times before and your story is just so inspiring and I really think it's a really interesting story for anybody who's been involved in essentially a three generation family business, but it has, you, you've completely uh, reshaped it and, and reformed uh, what it could be. Um, so can you tell us Give us a, a, a brief synopsis of the history how, with your grandfather, your father, and now you uh, involved in the family business and in the music industry. So if you can tell us a little bit about how your grandfather got started. With pleasure, Stephen. Um, so my grandfather started this record company in uh, 1957. Uh, the first name of the company was Helladisc, uh, Greek, um, Greece in Greek is Elas, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that yep. was the name back then. Um, the company then was sold to Philips. Uh, Philips then became Polygram. That is when my father entered the company. Uh, unfortunately, my grandfather passed away at that time in 1983, and that's when my father took over. Um, and then the company was uh, was bought by Universal Music, so then it was Universal Music. So now there's a, a very big chunk of its history already where the company is uh, uh, part of an international uh, record company. And uh, in 2013, when Universal Music bought EMI uni- um, internationally, mm-hmm. We had the opportunity to buy this business back because they had to divest some assets all over the world. Uh, Greece was one of the countries where they had to divest and that was when... This is like an antitrust, they couldn't have uh, the full monopoly over the market. Exactly, they were going to be too big uh, in in Greece. And um, my father was still in the company so he he had a great career in universal music. Uh, he, I had started working in the music industry in Greece, but for a different company. And uh, he asked me, he said, we have the opportunity to buy this. I was only 28 years old back then. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he said, would you be up for it? Would you want to run this company? And I, of course, said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I wasn't scared, which, which is incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that was a very brave thing to do, now that I think about it. And uh, so we bought the company back, the Greek catalog. So right now I manage an extensive and iconic catalog of Greek music that spans about 65 years. 
Yes, and of course we we also have our active roster uh, of uh, new artists that uh, we create, that we, you know, we 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 brand them, and we we hope they will be the next big Greek superstars. <laughs> Excellent. So tell me, just to go back a little bit. So your grandfather set up the business in what year did you say? Nineteen fifty-seven. 57 mm. and so he ran the the record company for greek artists in greece yes uh, and was doing pretty well and yes. then was bought by phillips phillips mm-hmm. and part of the deal if you if i remember correctly is he then went with the company he wasn't just yes. selling the company and getting a boat and to sail around the greek islands which would be an no. amazing thing to do <laughs> but so he went with the business and was was working in that corporate entity and did fairly well, I think, if, if I remember correctly. Absolutely. It did very well. Um, back then, there were only two record companies. Uh, so there was another Greek company uh, called Minos. And uh, well, now that's EMI. So they have, they, they were 10 years um, they were they were there ten years longer than us, so they have a mm-hmm. deeper catalog than we do. But those were the only two companies back then. But yours is yours is better. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yes, it did very well. We have iconic names. You wouldn't know them. Um, Fair enough. But oh, you know what you would know? Uh, Zorba, the Greek. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's uh, a song. That's. Uh, in our catalog and that is still very very popular mm-hmm. and uh, we still monetize it very well 60 years okay. on so it's interesting so your father your your grandfather went to Philips and uh, he was there for a while and then uh, sadly passed away yes uh, I but your father was not in the business at the time he was in the music business as well but not in Philip not working in the same organization you you all seem to be yes. starting out not being in the music business but then being in that music business so yes well we all gravitated towards the music business but i think we were all very independent people and we wanted mm-hmm. to not go somewhere where our parents were <laughs> so my father did the same thing and, well, uh, any, any greek that i've met is always independent is probably the best way that i could possibly describe the greeks that i've met so yes i, I go along with that Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> as it is intended. And um, yes, so he was uh, working for a record company in France. He lived in Paris. Uh, and then when uh, when his father was ill and uh, Universal Music asked him to take over, um, he moved to Greece. <laughs> Very good. Yes. And uh, I mean, his whole career was in the international music uh market so he was he was always part of universal music that's where he 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 had his whole career uh mm-hmm. spanning more than 30 years um and um what was a little bit difficult when we bought the company was that um we then had although he he was very helpful he was my mentor and, you know, he really helped me out, especially with the financials and, you know, things that I didn't have so much uh, experience in. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 
you know, he was somebody that had grown within a corporate culture and corporate structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, you know, we were doing things that w- we were not universal anymore, but we kept doing things the way universal were doing them mm-hmm. uh, that lasted a year, two years, maybe. Um, and I started thinking that why should I do it this way? You know, mm-hmm. I started having doubts about were we being flexible enough? Because mm-hmm. we could be flexible from now on. We could have our own strategies. Be much smaller and more nimble than, than exactly. a international behemoth. Exactly. Because I completely understand that, you know, corporate strategies, of course, they help navigate very big corporations. They help, you know, easily train people to go into specific departments, you know, there's these rules and these best practices and things like that, but we were no longer a big, big corporation. So, um, so I just, I actually want to just go back into that yes. just a little bit. So mm-hmm. your father, when he joined Universal and you mentioned this, he came back to Greece, but he actually progressed fairly senior in, in Universal, yes. like his career progressed to, to fairly high levels in across Europe or, or yes, yes. all of Eastern Europe or something. I can't remember exactly what you said before. Yes. Well, before he retired in 2013, um, he was an executive senior vice president of Universal Music internationally, and he had 26 countries 26. under his uh, supervision. Um, you, couldn't, you couldn't even call it Europe because he had a lot of countries so he had India, he had South Africa, he, he was very, um, I mean, he could navigate cultures very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was also very good at um, solving problems. <laughs> okay, well, you, you so, would need to be with 26 countries in, yes. in, your, in your catalog. <laughs> but I, 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 I thought that was really interesting and it, what you said before, like, so he had grown up and the business, the, the, the Greek part of the business, which your grandfather had sold to Universal, that had become much more corporate with the rules and the hierarchy and the structure and everything else. And then when you bought that back, that was obviously systemic in the new business. It wasn't, it was, you carved out the Greek part of that business, mm-hmm. but it had a lot of stuff. So t- talk to me about uh, that challenge. Yes. Um, yes, of course, there were very many best practices in place and even from a technical aspect uh, some of our systems you know they were what we inherited what we bought basically Um, and uh, in the beginning I don't think I was um, uh, I was I was ready yet to tackle everything Mm -hmm. uh, because I was very young and I was not yet you know uh, I didn't know how to deal with every single part of the business, let's say. So I had to prioritize <laughs> what was most important to, to deal with at first. Um, but at some point it became very obvious that we were hindering uh, ourselves <laughs> by even by using these systems that we had inherited. Um, we were not flexible enough to change our minds, do other things, even 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 create strat- different strategies than what we were taught to or what was ingrained mm-hmm. in this company. So, for example, we reinvented, for example, our contracts with with mm-hmm. our artists 
to really reflect how we intend how we intended to work with them from now on um that's something very basic <laughs> mm-hmm. and i i'm i'm guessing that also allowed you probably to attract a different type of artist like maybe smaller artists that a, a huge company might not have been interested in is the wrong word but that wouldn't fit in how they their machine and their engine whereas you're able to be a bit more flexible so you're absolutely right and it's like you you already know what i wanted to say because another thing was that we did drop a lot of legacy artists that we had okay because our strategy my strategy <laughs> from now on was to exactly what you said work with artists in a different kind of way because you know the music industry has changed over mm-hmm. over these past uh, decades because of the digital revolution um and uh we needed to work with them on on a brand level not on an album level mm-hmm. that's what that's what i wanted to do um cool. and so some legacy artists weren't productive for us because they only wanted to do things the way that they learned mm-hmm. uh, of course most legacy artists are not very young so i don't blame them but it's but we still legacy artists right, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know universal music for example wouldn't have dropped them because it's it's wonderful to have these names you know these big mm-hmm these big stars of the past but but that's not something that we could afford uh we needed to create the new stars the stars of tomorrow and with contractual terms that would work for both of us in this new age mm-hmm. of of music entertainment um so that is something for example that had to change and did change and um it it was wonderful for us because we did actually create a lot of new stars <laughs> but that's all that's that's a really interesting pivot i suppose because it's it's a it's a completely different way of thinking about how your business in that industry functions and, and mm. the different focus and i love the that you identified that it's not about the album like the traditional mm. the, the singles and the albums and the the vinyl and the ep and all the rest of it but you're about the brand so the music So it's I'm I'm guessing do you do as well as the record labels now do you also do help them with the tourings and events and things like that is that's part of it as well as the album so the brand encompasses everything Absolutely the brand encompasses every income stream that is possible with any given artist so mm-hmm. we deal with their live as you said we deal with um brand partnerships So I I believe and I and I think it's true that the 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 music are the music superstars so the artists are the original influencers and we do a lot of brand partnerships on their social media uh with uh, advert advertisements um because they connect very deeply and emotionally with their with with their followers it's not just you know because somebody likes how they dress there's music there there's feelings mm-hmm. there's moments that they share 
uh, with with their loved ones through the, through music, you know. So, and uh, of course, uh, we place a lot of music in movies, TV shows, um, advertising, as I said before. Um, so we now basically have 360 deals with our artists where we basically manage them. That's really cool. We're responsible for, for, their, for their entire strategy as well as their entire um, income opportunities. So something that I, I, I really find interesting about this part of your story so, you, as you said, your father, when he was in Universal, he was very corporate, very successful mm. in the corporate world. Um, and you had this opportunity when, when they had to divest something and the, the, the plan was to get the Greek uh, portfolio and, and develop uh, Cobalt. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I talk about in my keynotes is that the current generation of entrepreneurs, they have to go from hero of their own story to mentor of the next generation story. Um, so that they have to make that switch to not be the one making decisions and to be supporting the next generation. For some, that can be really, really difficult and they, they really need to, to spend a lot of time working on it. Um, from what you told me uh, before, that was actually a, a very natural thing with you and your father and it was a very solid uh, relationship. But how did he, because as you say, he had gone so far down the road in corporate and, and gone up the ladder in corporate. How was he able to adjust to this new thinking of brands and 360? Was, was that a stretch for him or did he, was he just ingrained in, in the way of doing things or did he just want you to succeed? As I think I am extremely lucky. <laughs> Um, because I, of course I've also heard stories from friends who, you know, who are also the second or third or fourth generation in, in a family company. And I do think I'm very lucky that my father, from the very beginning, he was very, very supportive. I think he respects me very much, or that's what he has shown me throughout all these years because we're about to celebrate our 10th anniversary as Cobalt mm-hmm. Music. So it's been almost 10 years now. Um, and um, although, of course, in the beginning, we did have friction and discussions about what, what we could and could not do. He never put his foot down, however. I mean, he trusted me to learn even if even if he might have he might have thought that that's not what i would do but mm-hmm. he didn't interfere um we talked about it but he didn't interfere if in the end you know i decided you know i'm gonna try this you know he was like yeah fine try it and then we'll see the results <laughs> there's always that at the end <laughs> And look, I mean, there's the millions and millions of family businesses, so there's, there's varying degrees of the success that that happens, but it sounds like a, a really fantastic relationship and working relationship and, and family relationship. I, f- I, feel, I feel that way. I feel that way. Um, because uh, at the same time, I feel that he's there for me um, when I need him. And um, 
you know, there's no, there's not a, an issue of ego, for example. Oh, you want to do it that way, then I'm not going to be here when, you know, <laughs> you when fail. No, no, it's okay. nothing like that. Yes, I feel, I feel very lucky um, with how he has uh, dealt with it. And, um, and also he was very brave because, as I said, I was very young and um, he must have seen something in me, um, which makes me very, very happy. And I'm very happy to, to be proving him right. <laughs> and, and, and also proving yourself right. Yes, at the same time. <laughs> so you, had, you were involved in the music business before, like when, when your father was involved in Universal, but you were not involved in Universal, you were going doing your own thing. Yes. Um, what, was, what was that? That wasn't uh, managing a label, another label in, in Greece. What was that? I worked for another label in Greece, another independent record company, part of a big media conglomerate here in mm -hmm. Greece. Um, it's called Heaven Music. And uh, the managing director of the company was uh, also very brave to accept me because mm -hmm. I was somebody's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, kind of, it was very difficult to find a job in the Greek music yeah, industry <laughs> because they thought that I was, was going to be a spy, which was not at all what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wanted to forge my own path. Um, so he gave me a job in his record company and it was a wonderful first job in the Greek music industry because I was responsible for, in, in, in the music industry we call it A&R, it's what other industries call research and development, okay. so it's artist and repertoire, which is finding and nurturing new talent. Okay, okay, that sounds fabulous. That was amazing because I also didn't grow up in Greece. So that way I was able to, through my position, I was able to contact and meet a lot of people in the Greek mu music industry. Um, producers, uh, songwriters, you know, everybody mm -hmm. that I would then, of course, need <laughs> to also in the future obviously so it was very helpful for me wow okay and do you still have a relationship with the the guy who gave the job are you still friends or is that is there a professional respect uh there is um gratitude mm -hmm. uh, for giving me my first job but um it was also an experience into how not to manage a record company. <laughs> okay. Well, different. Not, not, not for you. No, but. no. Our, our okay. values were, were very different. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. But it was a good school. Good school. <laughs> well, I've, I, I've found myself that sometimes the best schools are the ones that teach you the, the, the roads you don't want to go down. So. Correct. <laughs> So the other thing, I mean, because we're, we're obviously talking about family businesses, um, when you bought 
the Greek business or you, you bought the, the portfolio from Universal uh, and your father was joining you, mm-hmm. uh, you also talked about uh, your brother joined you for a while. Mm. Uh, um, your brother, I can't remember, was he in the music business as well or was he doing something else? I can't remember. No, he wasn't. Um, my brother was uh, still was studying. He was at university. Um, we bought the company when he finished his studies. Um, and um, he was, I think, with the best intentions, always, my parents th- thought that this was something that they could give him. You know, mm-hmm. um, that he could find what he wanted to do within this asset that we now had. Um, and uh, he felt pressured, I think, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't tell us. Um, he was a little bit moody. <laughs> um, it. it I, I could tell, because we're very close, I could tell that uh, it was uh, stressing him out. He needed to find his own journey and uh, he didn't know yet how to express what he wanted his path to be. That didn't last long though, so mm-hmm. it's not like this period lasted years and years and that mm-hmm. you know uh, there's bad feelings or anything like that um because uh as i said we are very close uh we're like twins <laughs> okay and i could tell and i would start these conversations with him we also used to live together back then uh wow okay that, yes that's a dynamic that i didn't know when we were talking earlier okay. yes and so i could tell that he wasn't feeling so good (laughs) but he didn't want to disappoint uh and uh so we had this very very long conversation at some point where he told me what he really wanted to do and he was it's still in the creative sector you know he's he's um he's um he likes the same things that the music mm-hmm. business also provides someone creativity and mm-hmm. uh, excitement, but uh, he wants to do that in the movie business, in the film industry. Oh, cool. For more visual rather than or, uh, audio. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think it, it excites him more to be able to tell mm-hmm. stories uh, instead of, um, you know, short connections, let's say. With yeah. uh, with audiences, um, and uh, so we have so much love in our family. However, that um, any friction that there is uh, quickly disappears when you know when when so when is, something is actually said. <laughs> yeah, that that is something that is instead is, of is really implied. Typical. In, in family businesses that people who are not in family businesses, the family might like scream at each other for two minutes mm. and then go into a meeting together and be completely, yeah, yeah, no, that's what yeah. we're going to do and you're going to do that. So mm. the, there's levels of that. But just for any of the listeners who have been or unfortunately might currently be in a situation mm. where they're working with family, they're working with somebody, 
and it, they feel it's not for them. So you, your brother, you and your relationship with your brother, you were really fortunate enough to be able to, to have that conversation, to, to recognize, look, this isn't for you, or, or for him to say, this isn't for me. How did the two of you broach that conversation? Like, what tips might you be able to share with people who are in that situation who actually really need to have that conversation with their family? Um, can you remember that process? I would suggest to not be afraid to fight. <laughs> because, uh, of course, it starts off with... Um, with friction. Uh, it's mm -hmm. not an easy conversation for anybody. There's a lot of emotion involved. It has to do with one's future. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and um, I, as a person, I don't like to fight with people. I don't like to, I don't like to be confrontational, but I also don't shy away from confronting something when it's deeply and very important. Um, and I think that's, I mean, there was a point where it had to be addressed. Because, not for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because I felt I, I love him, I love him, and I wanted him to be happy because I was happy. I found what I wanted to do. It made me very happy. I was, of course, I had sleepless nights. It was scary. It was everything. It's not, you know, um, all fun and games, but I loved what I was doing and I really wanted it for him as well. Um, and uh, I think that's why he also listened to me and why he knew that he could also talk to me mm -hmm. and that I would support him. And how did the conversation, because you'd mentioned then that your parents had kind of had this idea that it was um, the, the entity of the company now was something that could be shared between mm -hmm. the siblings. How did they take it or did... Did, did they have the similar view to you? Brothers are lucky. <laughs> Little brothers. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting involved in this conversation. My sister would say the same thing. So. <laughs> Is she older than you? <laughs> no, she's younger than me. Oh. So she gets spoiled in every... No, she doesn't. <laughs> no, but I think that... Um, I, I, I was there to address this with to my parents with him okay he didn't have to do it alone and um i think that helps that's really powerful that's that i mean that's that's really moving and a, and a testament to the relationship it's worked out well so <laughs> hmm. so i think i think i think that works and um it's been like that it's always been like that and it still is like that. So I think that helped a lot. Well, that was actually, you said it still is like that. So that was one of my follow-up questions. I mean, now, how is your relationship uh, with your brother? Amazing. Hmm. Amazing. We're, and yeah. We, is, he, is he like freelancing in the movie business? Is he working for another company or is he doing his own thing? 
he's freelancing and writing his uh, movie at the time okay. right now <laughs> yes so are you gonna and give I him a deal if he wait. needs to use any of your mu music does he does he get a discount or does he have to pay full price the same as everyone else <laughs> you know it's his asset as well so okay, I don't think he fine. has to ask me <laughs> <laughs> yes very good so you've got uh, your 10 years nearly um, yes. what's what does the future hold for cobalt what does the future hold the future is exciting uh, mm -hmm. because um, what we've been what I started doing last year uh, as as a as a gamble <laughs> is uh, we started uh, producing artists that in the English language so their their, their music is is in English okay which traditionally doesn't do well at all in Greece <laughs> okay they don't really like Greek artists who sing in any other language but Greek okay. uh, we have but a they very, don't mind the international people no out. not at all but we have a very strong connection to our language uh, and lyrics are very important in Greece in the Greek language mm -hmm. so I, I think they just don't connect as well and they expect better from <laughs> from okay. their own um, but um, I decided that I would like to export Greek music because mm -hmm. for me this market is too small <laughs> I have bigger dreams okay. uh, funny story my grandfather uh, was actually the only Greek record business owner who ever exported Greek music and you will know the names <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's Vangelis. Okay. Nana Muscuri. Okay, yeah, yeah. Vicky Leandros, a huge Don't star know. in Germany. Okay. Uh, and uh, Demis Rusos. Okay, I know that name. Yes. So I would very much like for that to be my legacy as well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the fact that music is now digital has given us that opportunity. Because mm -hmm. before we had constraints, physical product had constraints. Yeah. Now we can actually market something internationally. If it's good enough, if it can stand up to whatever is being produced out there and with good strategy, I really believe that we can make it happen. And that's my plan for the next few years to to try and uh, launch at least one Greek superstar on the international music scene. <laughs> so it's the the world domination is definitely in the blood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think my father was kind of disappointed when I came to Greece. Because <laughs> he thought well, that I mean? was because he thought that I was um, making my world smaller again. I didn't grow up in Greece. I okay. grew up in Switzerland, where he was based. Uh, mm -hmm. And so he thought he was opening up, you know, the world to me. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to come to Greece. He wasn't very happy with that. <laughs> but, but now he realizes all you were doing was uh, amassing 
uh, an army to be able to take over the world. I don't know. You said it. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> Hopefully. I don't know. Dreams. We can dream big. <laughs> well, absolutely. That's, yeah. uh, that's fantastic. Um, so, look, thank you so much for your time, Anna-Maria. Where can people find you? Where's the best place to, to find out about your the artists and what you're doing and what you're building? The best place is YouTube. We have a, mm -hmm. the biggest YouTube channel in Greece. Uh, it's called Cobalt Music, so our record company's name. Uh, and we have all of our content there. Mm -hmm. even our catalog so it's uh, extensive and uh, other than that of course we're everywhere on social media as well okay and so cobalt uh, music and if this is there a main homepage that links to all of this like cobalt music dot no there isn't. there isn't there isn't there isn't okay no no how, we use how a, very modern yes uh, we use our YouTube <laughs> for that because it's very hard for a website to keep up with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we need we need a blog. Okay. So that's how we that's that's how, that's how we treat our YouTube page, okay. like a that's blog very of cool. you know what we're doing, and you can. And, and really you have a very talented visual storyteller in the family as well that can help with that. Absolutely. <laughs> So he won't only be using our songs, I will be using him <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yes. Thank I you well, look, very much. We will we'll link up to all of that. We'll, we'll add links to, to in the show notes to the YouTube and to the different socials where people can find you. Um, Anna Maria, thanks a million and uh, looking forward to seeing you in the new year. Thank you for the conversation, Stephen. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thank you to my guest, Anna Maria Antipapas from Cobalt Music for joining us on the podcast today. I'll link up her details in the show notes below, but remember, you can find out more about the business at cobaltmusic.gr as well. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on all your favorite platforms to make sure you never miss an episode. If you have any thoughts or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by visiting www.killerfamilybusinesspodcast.com. I look forward to speaking with you.